Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, the podcast that hears from some of the most interesting minds in the media world. I'm Variety's co-editor-in-chief, Andrew Wallenstein. Steph Curry is best known as one of basketball's brightest stars. But off the court, he's looking to win a new game, the entertainment business. Curry recently signed a deal with Sony Pictures Entertainment to produce TV shows, movies, and much more. So how does an athlete draw up a playbook to take on Team Hollywood? Curry has turned to my next guest, Jerron Smith, to figure that out. Smith is one of many people I spoke to, including Curry, for the Variety cover story we published today about the NBA star. So I thought it'd be nice to go a little deeper in podcast form with Curry's right-hand man in Hollywood. Welcome, Jerron. Thank you for having me. Now, I got to ask this, because people are going to be curious. <laughs> How involved is Steph Curry in all this? You, oh, that's an easy one. This is your job, so I get that you're going to be all in. Yeah. But how involved can he be in season or off season? Steph is incredibly involved. Um, obviously, he has uh, his number one priority, right? And that's being Steph Curry and winning NBA championships and being the most amazing basketball player he can be. And that platform that, you know, basketball has given him to impact the world is is important to him. I think Stefan believes his gift is God-given. And with, uh, you know, with that comes a great responsibility and it's a responsibility to take seriously. So when it comes to media, I think when you think about the purpose behind it and you think about why Stefan uh, wanted to get into this space, and his vision, something that's incredibly important to him and something he's very involved with. I mean, I'll give you this quick story. You know, we got our first script as we started to go down this journey. And uh, Eric read the script. I read the script. and Explain Eric. Eric is, Eric is uh, my partner. He's the chief creative officer at Unanimous Media. And um, we read the script, and uh, we sent it over to Stefan. The very next day, Steph was like, I love this project. I read the script. This is why it touched me. This is why this is why I think this is a unanimous project. And this is why I think this script represents me, right? And I was blown away. One, because I didn't even read the script in one day. Two, because it was during the NBA season. I mean, I'm sure he read it after practice one day or after shoot around in the hotel or, or whatever the case might be. But he read the script extremely quick. And then when you think about his critical thought process against the script it was impressive. It was really impressive, and I was. It was a, that. Was, this was months before before Sony, and and uh, that's when I knew. Okay, we're we're in a, we're in good shape, and Stefan's invested, and he's into this thing. You're saying that based on the notes that he gave, he 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 has. It sounds kind of like an innate sense of what is good creative. You think about something resonating with Stefan and who he is, and. You think about his audience and the people he wants to impact. He's going to have the best uh, gauge on whether a project represents who he is and whether it has the right feel to impact people the way he wants to impact people. How big are his ambitions, your ambitions? Because this could be something like a, a vanity project. Maybe you do a project or two a year and Steph puts his stamp on it. Or are you guys looking to do, as you look at what Kevin Durant is doing, when you look at LeBron is doing, they're building out these full slates of content that bear their name. Give us a sense of what the ambition is here. The ambition is great. Uh, and we want to do really well in this space. 
and have longevity. I think I'm a huge fan of what Kevin is doing with uh, with Rich Kleiman. I'm a huge fan of what LeBron is doing with Maverick. Those are those are all uh, friends of mine, and um, I'm really uh, excited for what they have going on. I think uh, Stefan represents a bit of a different athlete, and in, because he's different, the way we'll approach media will be different. Hate to kind of hone in once again on on the faith piece, but that's such a such a different element for an athlete when you're talking about film and television, right? Uh, then the, the family piece, etc. I just think we're going to go about it. We're going to go about this in a way that feels right and is authentic for who Stefan is. And I think Sony understands. Sony really understands who Stefan is, and and. They're going to be great partners in helping us kind of execute against that vision. What about the decision to make a deal with Sony? Walk us through the process yeah. and, and how you got to needing to partner with the studio in the first place. Yeah, studio's important. Studio's incredibly important. Uh, Stefan's all about doing things the right way. And not only the right way, but he's all about having the right partners, right? I think Stefan is someone that tries to put good people around him and um he uh, he entrusts those people, uh, and when you think about a studio and you think about the expertise, and I think about the executives we met with, especially at Sony, and uh, you think about their knowledge, you think about their experience, you think about how long they've been in this industry. I think mo- most importantly, I think about the fact that they really understood what we were trying to do. Uh, Sony became absolutely pertinent because they shown themselves as as great partners and I think coming into this space great partners were um, it was imperative for us right mm-hmm. I think additionally um, you know once again we mentioned the faith piece but faith being such an important silo to what we're doing um, Sony has the Affirm label right uh, what do they do Affirm yeah so you have a myriad of, of labels at at um, Sony, you have Columbia Pictures, you have TriStar, you have Scream Gems, and then you have Affirm. Affirm really specializes in kind of your faith-based content, inspirational content, and well, really from a film perspective, it's a, it's one of their film labels. And it uh, they they you think about all your favorite faith-based films for the most part, Affirm probably made it right, and and that made them a even more of an attractive partner because. Uh, because of that element. So again, to put it in context, faith is just one piece of the larger Steph puzzle when for it comes sure. to entertainment. For sure. But focusing there for a second, is faith every bit a challenge as it is an opportunity? Meaning, yes, there's a marketplace for that kind of content, and Sony's a firm label has proved that. But do there also become issues raised by someone being a person of faith as a celebrity? Does it become an impediment for some? Uh, just trying to get a sense of how you're navigating that. It could, right? It could. I think faith, uh, religion, the word Jesus, I think uh, it strikes every person in, in a different form or fashion, right? And I think that's something we're all aware of but at the same time Stefan is who he is he doesn't shy away from who he is and I think that's what makes Stefan so amazing he's so comfortable in his own skin and when you think about our three content silos they are 
very representative of who Stefan is. Uh, and faith is a big part of that. Um, and while it's not going to represent everything we do, it's not something we're going to shy away from. And, and uh, you're, you're never, ever, ever going to please everybody, right? So uh, sure. I think that's something we're aware of. Um, but to be clear, you're not what little or how much you do in terms of faith-based content isn't all going to be some of it might be something that does mention Jesus or be something very strictly for a faith-based market and then there'll be other stuff like you mentioned the movie The Blind Side that are sort of you know religion light that's absolutely correct okay i get the plan I'm also curious when you talk about in this announcement things like consumer products, VR. I mean, is there really applications that are curry related in these kind of? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think especially in the VR space, and that's some things. Those those types of projects, you know, we will definitely um, they're definitely forthcoming, and we'll definitely uh, chat about. Um, but they're absolutely very relevant and authentic applications especially when you're talking about the VR space, mm-hmm. consumer products as well. Um, I think what one of the things that's so amazing about Sony is they have such a robust ecosystem and great teams that work against each of those business units, and um, we definitely plan to tap into each of those. And I see the appeal of Sony, but also Sony is in the context of a broader marketplace of much bigger tech companies that could be mm-hmm. interested in staff services, much bigger entertainment companies. Why wasn't scale more of a factor in choosing a studio partner? Because you didn't go with scale ultimately. Yeah, fit, fill, and partnership, I would say. Uh, it's the easiest way to answer that question. Um, I met with the executive team. Eric met with the executive team. Uh, Stefan did as well. And that feeling that you have... Um, executives with the expertise and experience that they have that are really invested in what you're doing. So important that I think maybe uh, not having that same feel at another studio. Um, you know, I think Sony Sony really shined through in that uh, that department, right? I think other studios offered some really, you know, I think, I would say great fits as well, but um, but when you think about Sony and you think about the executive team and you think about um, them really understanding what we were trying to do, it was a it was a foregone conclusion. How was the process of meeting all these different kinds of companies? Uh, you know, were you coming into it with a very clear idea of what you wanted or did you kind of learn some things as you went along? No, I think... Uh, definitely had a had a clear vision of what we were trying to do and where we were trying to go with this thing and I think with that you know as we went along on that journey yeah we were definitely able to hone in kind of further and further on kind of what that vision looked like one as you learn more as you meet with more executives as you start to understand you know the nuances of the studio system but uh, all in all, we definitely went in with a clear vision of what we were trying to do and what we needed from a partner. Yes, yeah, so I grew up in Chino Hills. Um, I initially went to U, uh, UCLA. Um, ended up leaving UCLA and transferred to Howard University in Washington, D.C. Uh, then went to grad school at, at Georgetown for my first uh, master's degree, and then I went to Columbia University in New York for my second master's degree. That led me to Nike. 
spent uh, about seven years at Nike doing brand management and brand strategy. And uh, By the way, what does that mean? Absolutely. Um, that means essentially that you are um, the kind of central steward over the integrated marketing mix. So that's across um, advertising, uh, digital marketing, comms, uh, et cetera. And you kind of bring that marketing mix together to to execute kind of a holistic brand strategy around a product or service. Uh, but yeah, spent seven years in Nike um, and uh, fought over Nike. Uh, I got just a unique opportunity um, about, uh, you know, I was kind of got wind that uh, President Barack Obama was, you know, bringing in some private sector talent to look at government strategy differently. And um, luckily, I was one of the phone calls that was made about um, gauging my interest in a job at the White House. Um, I think I had about six or seven interviews when I finally went to the White House to interview. And um, I ended up, after about six months of background checks, uh, which is a pretty exhaustive process, I ended up working out at the White House as the Deputy Director of Digital Strategy. Um, and again, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. I knew that was coming. So in the Office of Digital Strategy at the White House, um, sits in the executive office of the president, but you're you're essentially uh, talking about you know all your all content, all digital media, all social channels at WhiteHouse.gov. I mean, excuse me, at WhiteHouse, at POTUS, um, as well as WhiteHouse.gov, um, and you know anything from uh, policy announcements, rollouts, uh, etc. I think the uh, the mantra of our office was to meet the people where they are. Uh, President Obama didn't want to just speak to his base, but he also wanted to ensure we were leveraging our digital platforms to communicate and uh, message to uh, the entirety of the of the U.S. He wanted to make sure he, he was reaching everybody. And um, largely, our Office of Digital Strategy was responsible for uh, executing against that, that mission and that vision. So how does a, a ex-shoe guy, yeah. ex-DC guy end up in Steph Curry's orbit. Yeah, for sure. So I think following the White House, I really wanted to do something different. I think that was the that was my as a goal of mine. And uh, you know, naturally you would think you would just end up going back to working within the like the corporate infrastructure. And uh I got wind from uh someone I used to work at Nike with, which was a close friend of Stefan's name is Bryant. Um, and Brian kind of let me know about some of the things Stefan was trying to do uh, across his, you know, his kind of off-court business and brand strategy, and that there was probably a good fit and opportunity there, and that's when uh, the business conversation started with Stefan. So you come in to sort of help manage brand Steph. The question is, is when you came in, was media part of that mix? Yeah, I mean, media was something that you know, you you as a as a good steward have to be thinking about, right? But um, but from from day one, we started talking about who Stefan is and what he wants to stand for. And um, when we started thinking about when Stefan really started to articulate, you know, his mission and what he wanted to do, and that's where you get to the. Yeah, I really want to inspire as many people as possible. There was it was it was clear that that narrative really uh, it always it always came through, right? And you hear it enough, and you're like, okay, how do you 
how do you execute against that vision that he has, right? And media became the clear answer. You know, when you think about touching and reaching as many people as possible, um, there's no better and more effective way to do that than through media, right? And what does he want to touch and reach about? Yeah, I mean, when you think about inspiration, you think about inspiring, um, often that can come in a myriad of different forms, right? That can come in the form of laughter, that can come in the form of sometimes it might mean mean tears, right? Um, and I think it through kind of different avenues, if you will, right? And I think, you know, media, you know, that can be film, television, digital content, et cetera. So um, it just became it be, just became the clear vehicle by which we were going to, yeah, execute against that vision. Got it. But was he thinking and were you thinking specifically in terms, once you decided to do the media thing, yeah. What kinds of TV shows, movies yeah. aligned with what you saw as brand Steph? Yeah. Uh, one, Stefan hates the, the brand Steph moniker thing. Oh, yeah? You know, Why like, is that? Uh, I just think he is who he is, right? He is who he is, and he's a super authentic person, right? And I think that's really shown through in my time really working with him. And, you know, that person people experience and see on TV is exactly who he is as a man. He's a family man. Loves his children. Uh, he's kind-hearted. He's just—I mean, I sound like a Steph commercial, but that's just—that just is who he is. You start thinking about Blindside, or you start thinking about Pursuit of Happiness, right? Um, and I think other like projects. You're talking about the kinds of movies that I think sort of have a faith element. It's but sort of light. It's not too heavy-handed. It's not espousing any particular religious. A religion period, I should say. Yeah, I think when it comes to the faith piece, right, I think that's always interesting when it comes to Stefan and what we're doing with unanimous media, right? I think faith is one silo of the type of content we want to touch, one of three, really. Family slash kids is, is one major silo, and that can, you know, think if you think this is us, right? Faith is another major silo. Um, and then uh, the sports themes is kind of tertiary, but it's, it's, it's also another silo, right? I think there are times when two of those silos or three of those silos might come together in the form of one project, and there's times that those silos will stand alone in, in some of the projects we're working on. But, uh, but faith is, is one silo, uh, a major and important one, but it's, but it's one silo. You're basically saying you're going after these three areas Correct. in terms of doing TV, movies, other things. What I'm curious about is in terms of what Steph could do on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy has such a massive reach. Does that become a critical piece in, in helping the content come out uh, and, and get the biggest audience? Man, social media, I think his following understands who he is. And I think he impacts his following. I think it is also kind of a different day and age, right? And everybody talks about this, and you hear this narrative uh, quite often, but I think when you when you consider Stefan, and you consider the modern-day athlete and their ability to really connect one-to-one -one with their audience in an authentic way, it's going to become extremely pertinent when you talk about some of these projects and, and how we're delivering them to his audience. I think the other thing is because of social media, your audience also has, um, how do I put this? They could just sift through content 
at, you know, in a very effective manner, right? You watch a, you know, said random person on Instagram and they know whether they, they like what they're seeing or don't like what they're seeing uh, extremely quickly. You know, with a double tap and a swipe up, you're, you're, you're off to the races in your social feed. And uh, for that reason, I think when you think about our silos and staying authentic to our silos and authentic to who Stefan is, our audience is going to be able to sift through that very quickly. So I think it's important that we, we remain um, authentic and, and um, set on what we're doing. I made a comparison earlier to other basketball players with what Steph's doing. I mean, am I limiting him in that sense? Am I limiting all these players? Is what we're seeing now in terms of this trend in the NBA and perhaps in other leagues kind of a short-sighted way of looking at it? I don't Personally, I don't look at it as a trend. Stefan has a platform, and Stefan getting into media is really expanding that platform. It's another method, an effective method, of reaching the masses, reaching a broad audience, and delivering stories and messages to that audience in the form of media, in the form of films, in the form of television, in the form of digital content. I understand why people could reference it as a trend, but all in all, this is He's another yeah, another mechanism of just you know leveraging and using his platform to uh, to execute against his purpose. Mm-hmm. You described the sports pillar of what he's doing earlier yeah. as tertiary, yeah, which almost surprises me because I would think. Oh, it's Steph. He's an athlete. It's the easiest, quickest way for, for the sure. audience to understand content of a sports nature coming from him. Yeah. Sports is important. I think it's uh, who he is. It's what he's known for. And we will find some very interesting sports stories to tell. And that's going to be important. But uh, family slash kids and faith, I would say, is our it's our focus, especially right now. Mm-hmm. We'll tell some sports stories for sure, but we want to do them in a way that's uh, that feels uh, feels elevated, feels different, and feels purposeful. In terms of that word purpose, I want to make sure I understand. I mean, I understand that in the you know the the, the phrase that Rick Warren popularized right. way back. Uh, do you mean it strictly in that term, or is it purpose in a more general way? Probably somewhere in between, but more in, a, in the broader sense, mm-hmm. right? I think Stefan knows what he stands for. And with that being said, we're going to take that, which is, can't say it, can't say it enough, right? Inspiring as many people as possible. That's really the, the kind of the purpose-driven statement. And that should permeate everything we do. Also, in terms of permeating, I'm curious, do you feel that the content that's going to come from this is just going to be a manifestation of who Steph is or that the content will come in some degree to redefine people's understanding of who Steph is? It might be a bit of the latter, but I wouldn't say the former is untrue either. Steph's audience probably has a varied view of who Stefan is. You know, depending on maybe where you live, depending on your age, depending on a myriad of factors. And 
for some, some of this content might might uh, illustrate a side you might not be as familiar with. Um, and for others, it might be right on point, exactly what you expect. Got it. Well, Jerron, thanks for coming in and talking with me. Very much appreciated. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing.